This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Did you hear the wind? Okay. Yeah. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. Zach's here. We're getting ready. It's already week two, dude. It's already week two. Yeah. We're here Thursday night. Should be a good game tonight, dude. Like, I'm happy that, you know, Thursday night football kicking off on Amazon Prime. This is not a sponsored segment at all. It's just I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, but <laughs> there's no kicking off. Uh, it's it, by the way, if you can't find the game tonight, it's because it's on Amazon. It's not going to be on like, is it going to be on Thursday night football too? I mean, I'm I'm sorry, on the NFL Network too. I'm not sure if it I don't is think or not. it is. No, I think it's um, exclusively yeah. Prime. There you go. So exclusively on Prime. So just just in case you can't find the game tonight, um, find a way to watch. Go it's going to be a good one. <laughs> yeah, Chiefs. Chiefs and Chargers. Uh, it's going to be a good one for sure. Um, so in this episode, we're going to go over a few pieces of notes, uh, news and notes uh, around the league. Second of all, we're going to go over our Thursday night preview. And then we are going to go over quarterback rankings and and uh, and uh, running back rankings. Running back rankings. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> who, who, what rankings are we doing? In this in in this uh, in this episode, so yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. Uh, if you want the full set of rankings, we're going to be doing top twenty for quarterbacks, which is probably enough, <laughs> and we're doing top thirty for running backs in this episode. Uh, and if you want the full rankings uh, of quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, uh, you can check out the Patreon. Uh, I forgot to put it uh, in the in the description down here, uh, but you can just search Patreon Upper Hand Fantasy, or you can go to my Instagram. There's a link there uh, to take a look at that. But um, let's get right into it, man. Uh, we got a couple pieces of news uh, to go over. And uh, the first thing that I wanted to talk about was DeAndre Swift uh, yeah. not practicing on Wednesday with an ankle injury. Um, he says that he's fine and he's not worried about missing week two. He said that he did roll his ankle uh, in the second quarter on Sunday. Um, he didn't practice on Wednesday. So monitor his practice reports today on Thursday. But seems like he's going to be good. Um, Justin Jackson yeah. was brought up off of the practice squad, but that might be correlated to something else because one of their players, I forgot who it was, uh, I think it was in the defense. He went, I'm not, I don't remember, but he went on IR. So they needed to bring somebody up to fill in the 53 man roster. And Justin Jackson was that guy. So I, I'm not overly concerned right now. Um, I think that DeAndre Swift is going to play. It seemed like he was pretty confident that it's not a big deal. So, mm -hmm. you know, just monitor it, but he should be fine. Yeah, and I, I, as of right now, it seems precautionary. And, you know, it's Wednesday. You know, there's still plenty of time before game time. And, um, you know, if he if he did roll his ankle in the second quarter, if that's when it happened and he still played through the rest of the game against the Eagles, there shouldn't, shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, um, no. The other good thing that we have working for us is that he's a 1 o'clock kickoff. So if he doesn't go, there's plenty of options afterwards to replace him in your lineup. So 
that's just from a fantasy perspective. But there you go. And that's because Zach already figured this out because he has DeAndre Swift on like four of his teams. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kenneth Walker practice in full on Wednesday. Looks like he'll be making his NFL debut this week. Uh, I, I wouldn't start him, but if he's practicing in full all week, uh, I would assume that he would take a little bit of work away from Rashad Penny. Um, and I, I have Rashad Penny ranked right now as if Kenneth Walker is not playing, so we might have to move him down a little bit, but we'll get there. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan, he mentioned that he's going to go with the hot hand at running back, and that's going to leave room for a guy like Jordan Mason. So if Jordan Mason is available in your league, I'd pick him up right now. I'll, I, would, I wouldn't start him necessarily, but I would see what happens on Sunday. Uh, to see what that rotation looked like, see if Jeff, Jeff Wilson looks like shit. Um, so a lot of people have been asking me about uh, Tyrion Davis-Price, you know, and and yes, he was their third-round pick, but he wasn't the one flashing in camp, okay? It was Mason. So that's why I placed my bet on Mason and not TDP. Right. That's what I think. Um, you know, riding the hot hand is nothing new in the 49ers backfield. That's the way it's been for a long time. Exactly. And unfortunately, with Elijah Mitchell out, that's the way it's going to be for the next two months, presumably, because I think that was the um, time frame that they gave Elijah Mitchell before he comes back. Um, yeah, Jordan Mason's the way to go. Um, I'm actually more confident in Jeff Wilson, but I'm still not going to be picking up Jeff Wilson. If I had to pick somebody that's going to be uh, the most fancy productive running back in that backfield, I'm thinking it's going to be Jeff Wilson. Yeah. Um, Jordan Mason might come on later, you know, as time goes on. There's plenty more of, of time a, now. More of a stash. Than yeah, anything. there's plenty of time now for Jordan Mason to kind of work his way up and into that second spot. Because like we talked about in the last podcast and before Jeff Wilson, you know, he's good, not great. You call him a Jag. Uh, I think that's a fair analysis. <laughs> I hate calling p- people Jags unless they're Jags. Um, <laughs> moving on T Higgins. Li- he was limited in practice on Wednesday. Uh, that indicates that he, ha- that, that there's a very possible return from a concussion this week um you know if he wasn't didn't get a practice in on thursday on wednesday at all then you're like okay this could potentially mean a missed game but it's the it's very positive um that's a good start to the week for someone who is in the concussion protocol but still monitor his status for sunday alan lazard he might be back this week he returned to a limited practice on wednesday so if he ends up getting full practices in he's going to be on the flex radar for me yeah i actually i'd look to have I look for him to have like a ridiculous target share because Aaron Rodgers, you know, is probably fed up from last week. <laughs> the drops and stuff. I think I'm anticipating a huge target share for Alan Lazard, like maybe 10, 13 targets. Oh my God. I could buy into that. I, I see it. Yeah. It was, it was very frustrating for Aaron Rodgers. No, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to our Thursday night football preview. Uh, this one's simple play everyone. Yeah, <laughs> 54, 54 point over under the Chiefs are favored by four points at home. Uh, so on the Chiefs side, right? Kelsey's in Mahomes is in your lineup. Um, I think Juju should be in lineups with a 21% target share last week, uh, given the fact that he ran more routes than Travis Kelsey. So yeah, uh, uh, Bryce Callahan, uh, he did lock down Hunter Renfell last week out of the slot, but Juju was actually playing from all over the field. 30% on the left perimeter, 30% on the right perimeter and 40% from the slot. So that's, Really good news for him. Yeah, that is. Um, yeah, go ahead. See, I was going to move on to CEH. Do you have anything yeah. to talk about? No, 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 no. I, I just want to see where you're going to take it. You know, it, it's we spoke about CEH yesterday um, on the pod, and, and you, I, I feel like you can play him as an upside flex, mm-hmm. uh, but the floor isn't that high. Um, you know, Jarek McKinnon, you know, is the passing down back. They ended up splitting time on the field down the middle with McKinnon running more routes. And then you have Pacheco to close out the game, right? So, like, not having yeah. garbage time sucks, too. Like, you want those extra fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I'm a, I'm thinking, like, he's 
relatively touchdown dependent. Yeah. Well, what's weird is, you know, against the uh, – who, who, who did the Chiefs play last week? The, the Cardinals. Played, the Cardinals, yeah. All of the running backs looked really good, which is weird. And, you know, I want to say, like, really good as in, you know, they're all, like, starting caliber goes on, on, on another team they're going to be starting. But they looked all competitive with each other, and there was no clear number one. So that really just, you know – and even though Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, looked really good compared to what I was anticipating, I don't think that's going to continue. I think that we're going to see Jarek McKinnon start to poach those targets from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, and Isaiah Pacheco might get more work on the ground. He was actually pretty efficient when he was running. Um, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire might be like, oh, he had a good week one. He's a screaming start week two, obviously, because it's just another good matchup and he can carry the momentum. But I don't really see that happening in this game. I mean, the Chiefs were up all game, right? Like from the yeah. beginning of the game, he only and then he only racked up seven carries. <laughs> yeah. Right? So it's like, you know, you're really depending on those touchdowns. It's not a bad offense to depend on, to depend on for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, the underlying usage is not ideal for him. And it's easy to just dump it off to the running back as many times as they did when they're up that big. You know, you're not worried about throwing downfield too much. <laughs> true. True. Uh, and he did get three targets in this game. Um, yeah. Now on the Chargers side, Herbert's in. Eckler, you know, I'm expecting a nice bounce back from him. Uh, Keenan Allen is out. He is not going to play Kedemacha lineups if he is in there. Uh, Mike Williams, I think he should be in lineups as a wide receiver too uh, with wide receiver one upside. And uh, Josh Palmer, I think he's a flex play uh, with upside and uh, without a strong floor. Uh, but if you need someone this week, I think he's a solid fill-in. Yeah, I, I think so. Josh Palmer, you know, we talked about him having, you know, good snaps, uh, what's it called, snap share and that kind of thing. Um, I think that he's a good play. I, I'm personally not starting him. I know you are in one league. <laughs> You're thinking about yeah. it. But um, I, I don't have a problem starting him at flex. There's no problem with that because, you know, with Keenan Allen out, there are enough targets that he could get enough to be relevant, much more relevant than he was last week. Yeah, and in that league that I'm starting him, uh, I had Keenan Allen, and unfortunately yeah. he's out. And, you know, I wouldn't – like, I think – their next game is on Sunday, so like it'll be two two weeks out from the injury. No mm-hmm. guarantee that he plays in that game either, so just keep that in mind. He could play. That'll be great, but just yeah. keep that in mind that he might not. So, you know, if Josh Palmer ends up having a good game this week, don't necessarily drop him because you might need him in week, week three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gerald Everett, he's a high upside screamer this week, I think. Um, you know, he ran a route on only 65% of Herbert's dropbacks last week, was not amazing uh you know only 13 percent target share but like you know everybody got a 13 percent target share yeah. <laughs> it was like five or six players who had that type of target share last last week uh so things can fluctuate right um the cream can rise to the top and favorite is the cream of course that's the way i had to use that analogy there <laughs> uh and so in a game without keenan allen right like very high scoring game um i think he's a better stream than normal uh in normal games because the underlying usage for him too is not ideal right now and you know we talked about gerald everett being a big target for um you know late rounds and fantasy drafts and i think he looked really good I, like i said i keep going back to the athleticism part of him of his yeah. game you know that's kind of going to help him a lot when you have justin herbert quarterback he's just going to be able to fit the ball in any spot that he can um i actually like like i said i think i said this last last episode I actually like Gerald Everett more than Josh Palmer in this game. I think Gerald Everett might be in line mm-hmm. for more targets. That's just that's my gut feeling. Um, but you know, you can start both. I start both of them. You know, Josh Palmer as a flex, Gerald Everett. I'm happy starting as my tight end this week and moving forward until things really kind of fall out of favor for him because it, week one was a really good indicator. I mean, obviously everyone got that same target share that he got, but 
it's a good offense, and that's what you can expect week in and week out. Yeah, yeah. And if you're desperate, DeAndre Carter, if you're in a deep league, you know, he did score a touchdown last week in relief of Keenan Allen, and he's going to be the guy who's going to be playing over Jalen Guyton, which is a little surprising. Yeah. All right. I think we're ready to move on to our quarterback rankings. Um, I'm going to share that on the screen. So if you're on YouTube, you're going to be able to see it. If you're just listening, you won't be able to see it. But I will go through um, all of them so you'll be able to hear everything that I'm saying. I have Josh Allen uh, at number one. Uh, any other quarterback you have at number one? I don't think so. Uh, no. <laughs> Jalen Hurts at number two behind Josh Allen. 90 yards rushing in week one. He finished as the QB for uh you know, in a high scoring, it was a week one was a pretty high scoring quarterback week. Um, yep. And he didn't even throw a touchdown and he still finished as a QB four. So, you know, he accounted for 28% of the Eagles design rushing attempts. And that's not including his scrambles. He ended up with 17 rushing attempts in this past game. Right. Uh, they were up most of the game. Right. And they decided to let her they decided to let Hertz drop back 42 times in a game. They had a positive and, and neutral game script for. So, you know, I think a lot of people might have Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes ahead of Herbert here, who, by the way, I have at number three, number four. But if the dude has this type of rushing day and throws a touchdown pass or two, like this would be quite the fantasy performance. Yeah. Not, no, I hear you. Um, Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, I feel like, you know, the fact that they're playing each other really kind of moves them up for me. I, yeah. I think having them at three and four, though, under Jalen Hurts, which the Eagles are playing the Vikings, is going to be a shootout, you know. Jalen Hurts, like you said, with the rushing upside, makes him number two for me. Josh Allen, I don't think anybody's going to be ranked over Josh Allen unless Josh Allen is injured. <laughs> so, <laughs> having much. him at one, he can pretty much pencil him in every week as QB1. But um, Herbert and Mahomes, you know, it has, I think this is the way the top four is going to go. It's going to be Josh Allen one, um, Hurts two, and Herbert, Mahomes. They could challenge Hurts anyway, you know, depending on how the game goes tonight. But now, I think this top four is how it's going to play out this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think the next top, the next two guys will challenge, you know, this top, you know, top four, right? Mm. Uh, and Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. I have Lamar at five. I have Kyler at six uh, against Vegas. Kyler had a rough day last week, uh, you know, against the Chiefs without a lot of his weapons. Uh, yeah. But he still ended up with more than 20 fantasy points in, you know, regular four-point passing touchdown scoring. So, you know, Zach Ertz is expected to practice in full on Thursday, monitor that. So that, you know, should be a familiar target for him to rely on. He didn't play a ton of snaps uh, last week. So this week he should hopefully see a full complement of routes. Um, and then he's going to have Hollywood. And Vegas has this game at a 51 and a half over under. So the yeah. hope is that Kyler can kind of bounce back and show what his ceiling is. It, it, you know, it, it is encouraging, though, that he was able to get it done, even in a bad overall showing for his offense. Yeah, and it was more of a salvage of the day type of performance for Kyler Murray, you know, but that's all right when it comes to fantasy. Obviously, yeah. for the team, it was a bad day, but when you can score 20 points um, coming back, you know, from a, just a blowout, that, that's fine for a quarterback. Um, 20 points in a losing effort, I, I, I was all right with it. I was hoping that would be more of a shootout than a blowout, but um, that's just not the way it worked out. I kind of... I wasn't surprised because Kyler Murray is missing a lot of his weapons, but we're going to see his weapons slowly come back, get more healthy, you know, that kind of thing. And that's going to, I think, make it so Kyler Murray is going to progressively get better and better, closer, closer to his ceiling. Um, I think this is an appropriate ranking right here. I like Lamar Jackson a little bit more. But against the Raiders, this also has a chance to kind of go nuclear in terms of offense, like you said, with the over-under being so high. You know, Devontae Adams on the other side. I, I like Kyler Murray for this week. I think his upside 
like you said, could challenge, you know, three, four instead of where he's ranked at six. But I think six is a solid spot for where we have him. Yeah. Uh, I have Russell Wilson at seven against Houston. I think it was a weird-ass game on Monday night. Uh, Russ still ended up with 18 fantasy points with only one touchdown thrown, um, and that's because he ended up throwing for 340 yards. Yeah. Um, you know, I have Tom Brady at number eight. You know, would you have him at seven ahead of Russ? Like, all of his receivers are banged up right now besides Mike Evans. I'm just slightly nervous with him going into mm. New Orleans this week. You know, after he only threw for, you know, about 200 yards on Sunday night. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm even looking at Burrow at nine against Dallas. You know, I was thinking about moving him up as well. So maybe ahead of Russ, even at seven, like the dude, you know, he threw four picks, right? But somehow yeah. ended up as the QB6. That's not happening on, again. That's not happening. Yeah, <laughs> but he still ended up as a QB6 on the week. Yeah, um, that's true. But at the same time, I do like uh, Wilson's matchup against Houston. Um, yeah. So I think maybe if T. Higgins is back, I could move up Herbert. I mean, I'm sorry, Burrow a little bit, maybe above Brady at least, and then maybe above Wilson too. Where would you have those three guys? I actually like the way that it's showing up here. Maybe, yeah, I, I would move Joe Burrow from nine to eight and okay. Tom Brady down to nine, but leave Russell Makes Wilson sense. at seven because Russell Wilson is now pissed off because he just lost. <laughs> <laughs> he just lost to his former team. You know, is that and possible? He's going, he's, yeah, he's going to take all, he's going to take that anger out on Houston. I'm calling it this week. He's going to have a big game. Okay. Um, okay. Tom Brady, I'm moving him down below Joe Burrow because. The Saints have been his kryptonite since he joined the Buccaneers. Um, mm. Also, the Saints have a good defense. And when Tom Brady played Dallas, whose defense is close when it comes to, you know, talent across the board with the Saints, you know, it, it was a rough showing. Like you said, Chris Godwin's going to be out too. Um, Leonard Fournette might be doing most of the work for the Buccaneers this week because it might be a, a, a greater game than you might think. And Joe Burrow against Dallas. You know, Dallas has a talented defense. But Dallas tends to play uninspired when they don't have their starting quarterback. So I, I'm putting Joe Burrow there. He, he's also going to have a get-right game. Um, you know, Jamar Chase shouldn't have any trouble cooking Trayvon Diggs. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. Now, I have Trey Lance at 10, okay? And, you know, I think he'll be fine, right? Like, I will continue to start him as a low-end QB1. You know, the, the design rushing attempts, the highest in the league among quarterbacks – you know, mm -hmm. he won't have a monsoon to play in, but there actually might be rain in this game, but it won't be a monsoon at least. Uh, and he is going up against Seattle at home. It's a good matchup. I, I think this is a get right spot for Trey Lance. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think we might see something along the lines of, you know, a solid a solid 60, 60 yards, not 60 carries, a solid 60 yards <laughs> on the ground and, you know, a pass touchdown or two. And if, if we're lucky, a rushing touchdown. I don't think it's going to be a humongous offensive game, but I think it's going to be enough that fantasy managers are going to be able to settle down and be like, okay, let's just stick it out for the long run. You know, we'll be fine. Trey Lance is going to be fine. Um, if it does rain, that's going to be really disappointing because then we're going to have to wait another week to see how he plays in just decent conditions <laughs> at this point, you know, because it's been suboptimal so far in week one. Week two, if it's more of the same, it could be uh, rough, tough sledding for Trey Lance. But yeah. I, I mean, I, I think – I think a little rain is going to be fine, you know, yeah. as, as, just as long as it's not the, the monsoon that it was. And, you know, he played perfectly fine in the first three quarters, right? Yeah. Like, it, but when the monsoon hit in the fourth quarter, that's when, you know, he kind of fell apart. And, like, I'm not going to judge him on that, man. I'm, I'm no. not, you know. You can't judge any of the players in that game. <laughs> yeah. Joe, Joe Burrow threw four interceptions. Like, okay. Yeah. And that was he, good he, weather. <laughs> <laughs> so we, now, I have Stafford here at 11. I think he does bounce back against Atlanta at home. 
didn't look good at all last week, but it was against the Buffalo defense. You know, two safeties high. Two, those two safeties are really good. Just gave him yeah. trouble, man. They basically took away Allen Robinson as well. So, you know, in Atlanta, uh, you know, the cornerbacks in Atlanta are good too. Uh, yeah. However, they did get cooked last week. So I'm cool. I'm cool uh, playing Stafford as a quarterback one. Um, I think he bounces back. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. If you're gonna get right, it's gonna be against Atlanta. Um, you know, I think Atlanta. You know, I kind of crap on them a little bit more than I should, but um, they're they're a decent team. I think that you know the fact that they're at home, though. Again, you know, the Rams, they'll be fine if they can just incorporate Allen Robinson a little bit. I think that's gonna open up a whole new world for the Rams offense. A whole new world. <laughs> and I know <laughs> that's exactly what you're looking for too. You want Allen Robinson know, more involved. It, did you see how people are so upset with the new Little Mermaid? There's a new Little Mermaid movie coming out on Disney. I didn't even see that. And like the trailer came out, and people were like upset that there's a new Little Mermaid out. And it's like, <laughs> guys, like, I have kids, and when any new Disney movie comes out, like, we we are ecstatic. And, yeah. And and yes, <laughs> I was a little kid when Little Mermaid came out. It was probably the first movie I've ever seen. I think I watched it in kindergarten. And it's like it's that not was a big the deal. first movie you picked. The Little Mermaid as your first. No, movie I didn't pick it. I watched it in kindergarten <laughs> class. Yeah, 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 in kindergarten they played the movie for us. Uh, for some reason, my parents didn't didn't like show me movies at home. Like it was like that type of thing. I was just like they're like no 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 you you're gonna do math and you're gonna learn how to read. Like you were you were not like I'm just a typical brown boy like as a little kid. And it's just like no 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 you're not watching movies. No no no. And then in school nah. I'm like wow like what is this? This is super cool. Anyway, a whole new world. <laughs> The whole new world. Um, <laughs> let me get back on track here. Yeah. Uh, so I'm uh, looking at Carson Wentz here at number 12. That might surprise some people, but I was very surprised by how this offense was looking, how Carson Wentz was looking. Um, yeah. And listen, like this can change back to normal in an instant, but for now I have them at number 12. Um, they seem to have turned into a very pass heavy offense. And we know that because they were leading the entire time and they still pass the ball. And the other thing yeah. is that they use play action at a ridiculous rate, and that's going to be amazing overall for the pass game, for the quarterback, and especially for the receivers. So yeah. um, it's literally ideal for what you want to see in terms of a passing offense and for a fantasy, you know, a fantasy-friendly passing offense. So low-key exciting, this offense, which was – I was yeah. not going to say – like, this is not what I was expecting at all coming no. into the season – but we'll see if this can continue. It's only one week. We've seen we've seen teams, you know, kind of change things up from week to week. But if this is their true philosophy and if they continue with this type of uh, game planning and execution, and especially like the close to 50% play action rate, like I'm in on this yeah. offense. Yeah, I was pleasantly su- surprised, you know, with the commander's performance and Carson Wentz especially. And that was kind of my big takeaway was that I saw shades of former um, MVP candidate Carson Wentz coming out. And – he still has, you know, the inconsistencies. He did throw two picks, and they kept it relatively close with the Jaguars. But, um, you know, it was awesome to see him throw four touchdowns. He, he didn't look anything close to what he was last season with the Colts. You know, I think he looked really just, like, boring and bland last season on the Colts compared to just his first game with the Commanders. Um, I, I think that he has much better weapons around him. Um, obviously, Jonathan Taylor wasn't, like, anything to sneeze at. Michael Pittman was good, but... I think that it's a more complete offense for Carson Wentz to operate out of. And it seems to me that, you know, it actually looked like he was having more fun playing in Washington too. And that doesn't count for anything for fantasy, but it, he just looked more dynamic and more involved. It's just, 
I was very happy to see that. I'm not surprised to see him up here. I would put him there because he draws another good matchup against Detroit, who just came from a shootout with another NFC East team. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Now, I do want to take a, – I'll take a little bit of a break after the quarterback. Rank. I was going to take one now uh, just because we're going to kind of get into like outside the top 12, but we'll, we'll wait a little bit on that. Jameis, I have him at 13, solid weapons. Um, you know, he should be fine. You know, Kirk Cousins at number 14, Rodgers at 15, I have Carr at 16. This is like that streamer group right yeah. here. Um, I, I would have Carr uh, ahead of Rodgers uh, in what should be a high-scoring game between the Cardinals and the Raiders. Uh, but he sucks. Uh, <laughs> I got right. Justin Fields at 17. I got Marcus Mariota at 18. Both of these guys, you know, top five in design rushing attempts uh, is what you want to see to keep these guys relevant in fantasy moving forward. Yeah. Yo, Mariota finishes a QB 10 in week one. I think Marcus yeah, Mariota is, is going to open a lot of eyes because he's actually not bad. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you, man. Uh, any, anything that you you is standing out between 13 and 18 here that you would kind of flip around. Jameis, Kirk, Rogers, Carr, Fields, Mariota. No, I, I think that's about right. Just Derek Carr's sole purpose is now his new fantasy function is just to be the sidecar, get it, for Devontae Adams. So <laughs> that's what he's going to do. He's just going to fuel Devontae Adams. That's his only purpose now in fantasy. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to call him that from now on. <laughs> sidecar. I love it. I love it. Uh, rounding out this uh, this list uh, for the top 20 is Matt Ryan and Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, I think, you know, Tua, you know, didn't have an amazing fantasy game, fantasy day last week, uh, but I think there are better days ahead for him to at least finish in like the top 15, top 16. Um, you know, he has Tyreek there. He has Jalen Waddle there. We should see some better days. Yeah, definitely. All right. Let's take a little bit of a break. Now, I just want to quickly talk to you guys about uh, about underdog fantasy. Um, and you guys have seen that I've been putting these picks out. So they have these things called uppers and lowers. They're basically underdog pickums. Like so for tonight, in tonight's game, they have a whole bunch of lines that you can choose from. They have all these players. You can choose upper, uh, uh, higher or lower on fantasy points, on passing yards, on rushing attempts, on you know scrimmage yards for all these different players. And then you can kind of combine them right uh and you can combine these picks together and you can multiply your money based on how many you get right so you have a maximum of five that you can kind of you know put together so for example you know justin herbert over 300 passing yards uh clyde edwards hilaire you know over you know 30 rushing yards or whatever it is you, you pick five of those type of uh players put them together and you could potentially 20x the money that you put in okay uh you don't have to pick five you can pick three but if you pick three, you're only six extra money, which is pretty legit. Uh, but you have a better chance of winning because of the fact that you're only choosing three, right? Um, so you can choose between anywhere between two and five. You have a multiplier if you get these right. They also uh, they also came out with this new feature called Pick Insurance, where you end up winning less money if you get all your picks right. However, that you get the leeway of potentially if you miss one of your picks, you still win money which is not like what they had before where you have to get all of your picks right, okay? So you got to check out Underdog Fantasy. It makes the games a lot more interesting. Obviously, you have your fantasy teams to root for, uh, but if you're already playing fantasy, you kind of have an idea of what the matchups look like. You kind of have an idea of what these players are going to do in these games. Uh, so why not uh, check out these lines and, and you know put some money down and try to multiply your money? Now, if you go to Underdog, you download their app. Uh, I had the link here in the description on YouTube. I'll have the link on the po in the podcast description as well. Uh, but if you just download the app uh, or you go to underdogfantasy.com, 
If you put in the code upper hand, if you use the code upper hand, you will double your first deposit up to $100. Okay, so use the code upper hand um, and start playing underdog. It's fun, dude. I love it. And, and you recently started getting into it too. Um, yeah. And, and and you've been kind of messing around with that as well. So like, I feel like it's just a fun, a fun, uh, you know, addition to Thursday nights, you know, to Sundays, especially because you got that, you got a bunch of players to choose from uh, and definitely. Monday nights too. So, yeah, so, it, so definitely take a look. If your fantasy team isn't playing tonight, if you don't have any players tonight in a Thursday night game or you don't have players in a Monday night game, just make it a fantasy game. <laughs> go go, go and pick a couple of higher lowers. Do, do whatever you want to do, you know. It makes it a lot more interesting to watch, especially, you know, once we get – this is already a marquee matchup between, you know, Chiefs and Chargers. But when you get games where it's not the good teams, where it's like, you know, the Jaguars versus somebody, you know, still, it, it can make it fun, so much fun to play and bet, especially when your team is off at least that night. So go for it. Do it. I, I, I just started it's, – it's a great time. 100%, man, 100%. All right, let's get into these running back rankings. We got Christian McCaffrey. At number one, um, you know, despite a bad day in the box score, you know, obviously I could put JT first because Christian McCaffrey didn't have a great week one, but his underlying, you know, usage is great. Like 79% of dropbacks, 83% of snaps. Like that's ridiculous. He's going to be fine. Uh, first first game this year, you know, this is one of the lowest uses he's, he's had in like a couple of years. Um, but the underlying stuff is exactly what you want to see. And it just means that he's going to bounce back. Um, JT's usage improved. Okay. It actually After, improved from last year. Yeah. And if week one is any indication, uh, he might be more involved in the pass game. And it's not just because of the targets that he got. The Colts were down in this game and he ran a route on 62% of Matt Ryan's dropbacks. Naheem Hines had only, was only at 38%. So you combine that with Taylor getting pretty much all the rushing attempts, right? Uh, 76% of the snaps. In a losing, in a losing, like in, in a negative game script, right? That's mm-hmm. amazing. So that's that's what we want to see, and we hope that continues. Yeah, no, it should. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor, I think he's a very, very sure bet every week. Like you said, he doesn't have the upside of Christian McCaffrey. But that usage that we saw is like completely contrary to what we heard. Because, you know, people were up in arms that Frank Reich was saying that he was going to lower the workload. He might have weeks where he doesn't get the workload that we saw last season. Um, and that very well may be, but this kind of workload, he's he got work that he didn't even have last season, which yeah. is like it unlocks a whole new and not to say a whole new world again, but sure. it's a whole other side of his game. And especially for his fantasy value, that goes up because it's the receiving work that he was you know missing last season. And we saw him you know on the field for more receiving work. Not that it necessarily um, he didn't really cash in on that this week but if it continues you know he will eventually cash in on that and it'll just it'll it'll be it'll just be ridiculous you'll have a cheat code i hear that man um now i have cook at number three he didn't score but the usage is legit he's a bell card right now the eagles gave up 172 rushing yards on the ground last week to the lions so it's looking nice for dalvin cook this week right leonard fournette at number four this might seem high uh, but his usage was that of a bell cow and a lot higher than what we thought. Uh, he ran around on 76% of Brady's dropbacks. And we got to remember with all these numbers, he came out early in this game. Um, and 76% of Brady's dropbacks, that's so legit. Like when you consider the rushing attempts he had too, yeah. he would have had more if he didn't. I think he what happened was he tweaked his hamstring because he didn't practice. No, I'm sorry. He was limited in practice on Wednesday uh, with a hamstring. Um, and I, I think, and he did kind of like hobble off the field, like not in a, 
terrible way, but like he he did hobble off the field a little bit, and that's why Rashad White came into the game. Um, and also the game was out of hand, so yeah. I think he should be fine. Uh, but you know, just monitor that. I, I don't think it doesn't seem like a big injury. If it was, he wouldn't even even have practiced at all on Wednesday. Yeah, no, I hear you. And you know, just kind of talk about the two guys that you just mentioned. You know, Dalvin Cook. I only chalk up his low uh, fantasy output. And last week to Justin Jefferson just running the whole show, you know, in Minnesota. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not worried about it. We talked about the usage, definitely, you know, easy. Don't don't panic on him at all. Don't even think about, you know, thinking, oh, he might not be who we think he is. No, it's Dalvin Cook still. And yeah. then Leonard Fournette, you know, I, I kind of predicted that it's going to be more of a ground and pound, a little bit grittier game. And Leonard Fournette's going to be the head of the Buccaneers running attack against the Saints. Um, Brady, historically, like I said, against the Saints in the division, since he's joined the Bucks, has been pretty rough against the Saints. So they might try to take some of the responsibility off his shoulder this time and kind of hand that to Leonard Fournette. I think four is a good rank. I have Saquon at five. Um, this might be a, a kind of high for a lot of people too. The dude was awesome. He played a ridiculous role. Bell cow, every down workload. He led the team in routes. <laughs> when a yeah. running back leads, leads the team in routes, you know you got something special there. And he looked like, he looked like his old self. So I'm happy with him at number five um is he is he too high for you i don't think so i mean the matchup is it's it's all right you know it, it's pretty good um i think these are two very similar teams as far as you know talent talent wise goes you know it, it's going to be a close game it's as long as it's a close close game they're gonna be getting the ball to saquon early and often so yeah and, and the browns they they ran all over and and the running backs and kareem hunt also received a bunch of stuff too yeah in the past game and uh they they killed it against against carolina um, I got Austin Eckler at number six, you know, for tonight, we talked about him already, but we're hoping his usage pops back to normal this week. Um, Deandre, Deandre Swift at seven, uh, Derek Henry at eight, James Connor at nine. I got Mixon at 10. Uh, Henry didn't look amazing, uh, in week one. Um, mm. the fact that he got like destroyed on that play and like he got knocked down, like that's not yeah. something we see happen to Henry. We see Henry do that to other people players to defenders right mm-hmm. um and now he's going up against buffalo right uh, and it, i wonder first of all it's a tough defense second of all if what if buffalo goes up in this game can yeah. henry get it done this week right and like i'm thinking you know like look i have my number eight i have him above james connor i have him above <laughs> joe mixon two guys who you know you, you're not as concerned about you know what i'm saying and it's right. just like i have derrick henry there because he's derrick henry yeah definitely um you know you talk about derrick henry you know maybe um you see we saw him get punished he was on the punishing end of a of a hit you know which isn't something that we usually see last week but um I, i'm not too worried about derrick henry i think that if he gets a little bit of work in the receiving game compared to you know obviously last week Dontrell hilliard was just vulturing the touchdowns but um derrick henry it's it's going to be okay if the titans are going to keep it close it's going to be because of derrick henry i think uh, last yeah. week was an outlier. He did run for 90 yards. It just didn't really yeah, you know, exactly. come out. It didn't pop on the stat sheet because there weren't any touchdowns. Um, right. He, It wasn't a bad week. It's not really like, oh, man, you know, Derrick Henry, he just does not look the same. You know, he had a couple breakaway runs. They weren't the 90-yard, you know, 80-yard breakaway touchdown runs that we see that we've become accustomed to seeing. Um, but I think he looked fine, you know. Uh, it is a tough defense. It's a tough matchup. I think there's a better chance of him underperforming than overperforming, but I think that he's still going to be fine. I wouldn't be surprised if he rushed for a solid 70 yards and a touchdown, and that's plenty enough, I think, for the matchup that he's going into. Do you think he's he's too low? 
No. At number eight? I don't, I don't okay. think he's too low. I think that the guys ahead of him have the upside. They're much more dynamic backs. Um, yeah. Derrick Henry's really just a ground-and-pound guy. If you could get a couple catches, that's just going to make him a little bit more useful. Okay. Okay, good. Um, now, Joe Mixon, uh, it, what's interesting about Mixon is that he did get more two-minute snaps than we're used to, which yeah. is good. So if that sticks, he'll be closer to like the mid-RB1 in ranks rather than the low-end RB1 in ranks. Um, the Cowboys didn't look great trying to stop the run against Fournette last week. No. Um, so that's something to watch. You know, hopefully, you know, P. Ryan isn't the third down back, or, you know, that two-minute back anymore. I think that mm-hmm. would make a pretty significant difference, um, you know, to, to, to Mixon and his value. Yeah, definitely. And that that was the big problem with Mixon last year is that he would get he, he they would put him in, you know, he, they'd walk him down the field and then P Ryan would be catching passes. And they, and it would not necessarily score a touchdown, but the money situations where you know you get those quick hitting points like at the end of the half or like we said with the 2 minutes um with the Bengals in our offense and you just chuck the ball to running back multiple times over like three or four points add up at the end of the quarter and at the end of the half and that makes a big difference in a player's fantasy output. That was the problem with Joe Mixon. He wouldn't have the receiving upside, but he was actually hyper-targeted. I don't want to say he was hyper-targeted, but he was targeted a lot more than we usually see Joe Mixon targeted, and that had a lot to do with the game script. But um, if we see anything close to that, which we could against Dallas, um, I like Joe Mixon outperform where he's actually at right now, at 10. Yeah, it seems low, right? It does. Um, Alvin Kamara have met 11. Uh, he was battling a rib injury. They think he's going to be fine. So I'm hoping his usage does go, go back up. Week one, his usage wasn't great. It wasn't what we're used to. Didn't run a route more than 50% of dropbacks, which is low for him. Uh, but we know what, where his, you know, that's where his skill set lies. But I do think it's because of the rib injury. And hopefully he'll be okay. Let's see how he practices this week. Yeah, definitely. I got, I, yeah, go ahead. I'm not worried about Kamara just yet. You know, obviously the yeah. week one wasn't encouraging, but I'm not worried about him just yet. Exactly. Javante Williams, I have him at 12. Uh, despite him being on an almost even timeshare uh, in terms of snaps, we're hoping those targets keep on coming, man. Uh, and it's possible yeah. that it does. If he is getting another 10-plus targets, like he will be an RB1. Uh, he would have been the RB2 or RB3 if he scored a touchdown last week. So right. um, he, still can, he still has RB1 upside even with Melvin Gordon there. And it's possible as the season goes on, maybe Javante gets more looks because he did look a lot more explosive than Melvin Gordon in this game. Right, I, th- I think so. And as long as the fumbling issues stay away, you know, I, yeah. obviously both of them fumbled, but you know, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I have Aaron Jones at thirteen. I think he bounces back this week in the past game. Uh, given we talked about it yesterday, him being a buy low, um, but you know, he he ran sixty five percent of route, uh, routes on dropbacks. Um, you know, be, given that, I think Aaron Jones will be fine. You, we talked about him at length yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but his usage is encouraging, even though he only had about 10 opportunities. Right. So uh, I got Nick Chubb at 14. I got AJ Dillon at 15. Uh, so he moved way up into my RB2 rank. Seems like he's going to be very involved. What do you think of AJ Dillon this high at 15? I think it's fair. You know, especially we talked about the usage, like you said, a lot yesterday. But the usage is enough that AJ Dillon is going to be relevant because the touches that he's getting are much higher quality than Aaron Jones. Um, I do think Aaron Jones is going to out-touch him, get more opportunity this week, especially compared to last week, than A.J. Dillon. But Dillon, you know, as long as he's the goal line guy and, you know, he's catching a couple passes, 
he has the upside to be an RB2 for you. And there's no reason, I think, that you shouldn't start A.J. Dillon if you have him, especially if there's an open flex spot. Um, he's he he he's locked in for at least a few good touches, especially with the Packers wide receivers as thin as they are. Definitely. Uh, Dal Henderson, I have him at 16. A little bit of a risky play, but I'm assuming that he gets at least 70% of the snaps that he got last week. Um, you know, he got all the work. He got all the snaps. Yeah. Um, he ran all the routes. He got all the carries. It was all him. And I don't see a very drastic change coming into week two. Like, we could see a little bit of a change, kind of introduce K-Makers a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. into this backfield. But who knows with Sean McVay? Like, he leaves zero clues, right? Yeah. Uh, he could put he could put K-Makers in for 100% of snaps. Like, you know, it's like, all right, well, you know, we have to do our best uh, to try to figure this out. And for now, with Dale Henderson healthy and him getting all the work last week, I'm going to play him as a solid RB2. Yeah, that's the only thing that scares me is that, you know, there's nothing keeping Cam Akers off the field field besides Sean McVay. So <laughs> I just kind of have that cloud looming over my head thinking that, you know, Daryl sure. Henderson looks like a really good play right now, but it could easily be flip-flopped on a dime, no warning, and now Cam Akers is getting the majority of the snaps. So I feel like that's the way that Rams backfield is going to be, you know, all season. Um, but right now, Daryl Henderson looks like the much safer play because of the work that he had. And he didn't look bad with the work that he got last week. So I have Antonio Gibson at 17 without Brian Robinson there in a, in a game where they can be in it against the Lions all, all game long. I think he's a solid RB2 this week. Um, and, and the Lions is a good matchup. So I think Antonio Gibson should continue to be in lineups. And he got a bunch of targets last week. Let's see if that continues. Uh, as long as they are they are up. If they're going to be passing a ton on early downs, Gibson will be running a lot of routes, and maybe he'll get another. I think what, what did he get last week? Seven targets, eight targets. Something I think like it was that. eight targets. Yeah, like that's legit. I don't know if that's going to continue, but yeah, it's something to you know keep him in your lineup. Uh, Cordell Patterson at eighteen after his monster opportunity game last week. Uh, Damian Williams still not practicing because of that rib injury. Chase Edmonds that I have him at nineteen. Uh, he gets an upgrade in full PPR. Um, and I have, then I have Kareem Hunt to round up the top 20. Yeah. Any other thoughts from uh, 11 through 20? Uh, I like Chase Edmonds, you know, in this matchup because, you know, Baltimore would happen to go up. You know, they're going to be passing it a lot and they'll be dumping it off. Um, I, I think Chase Edmonds might perform a little bit better than we have him ranked right here. I think this is kind of his floor, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it does make sense. Um, I, my only concern with him is that you know, he has to be kind of, you know, relatively efficient on his touches. And I'm hoping that he can get the same type of target share that he's he, he he's going to continue to get or that he got last week. Um, And let's see, maybe he'll get some goal line carries. That'll be, yeah, if that goal line uh, carry comes, you know, we'll be talking about it on next that'll episode. That would be, <laughs> be awesome. All right. So the elephant in the room here. Yeah, I saw a couple of comments um, about it. Yeah. 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 Let's I'm, I'm, I'm going to pin Zach's comment here. There's another Zach here. It's not just you. Yeah, if this graphic. I'm trying to. If the graphic (laughs) would load right now, it's a little slow. Um, But yeah, I I don't have Najee in the top 20. I have Najee here at number 21, and you'll see it in a second, I swear. As soon as this (laughs) graphic loads. Uh, Let's see. Let's see if it ever loads. It's it's coming. Oh, Oh, there it is. Najee, I don't have him as a top 20 play, and this might be a little crazy. And you might be wondering, like, where the hell, like, over the first two slides, like, where the hell is Najee Harris? And he's here at 21. And this might be way too low. You know, it's possible that it's very low. (laughs) Yeah. But, but, you know, the combination 
of the foot injury, a bad offense, right? Um, possibly not having him play on every down role because of the injury, that scares me, okay? And I want to see how he looks in this game before I trust him. Um, you know, New England didn't allow Chase Edmonds or Raheem Mostert uh, to get anything going in the run game last week. They had 17 carries, you know, for a combined 41 yards. Okay, yeah. so this isn't looking like a, a an efficient day for Najee Harris unless he gets peppered in in the receiving game, which he was not peppered in week one. So, yeah. not like Ben Roethlisberger here? was doing it. No, <laughs> so, am I am I crazy, dude? Like I, no, I just no. I'm looking at all the I'm looking at the top twenty guys, and I just feel more confident with them right now. I, I think that's I think that's fair. I mean. It's it's a little low. It's just the you know pedigree of his name. You know we know what he was last season, and it's really hard to be like you know ah well he's put up ten points in the in week one. Let's just throw him down here. People might be upset about that, but I agree. The injury, you know, that kind of coupled with the inefficiency, coupled with New England being a good defense, it, it just doesn't scream huge fantasy performance. And because we're saying this now, he's going to score like 30 points. But <laughs> if, I'm, I'm, Yeah, I'm if, scared of that. I'm yeah, sure. if all signs, you know, are kind of come to fruition, all the signs that we're seeing now come to fruition on Sunday, um, I don't think, you know, we're going to be too surprised when he doesn't perform as well as other people might be thinking. It's easy to say that not Harris is going to finish higher than a guy like Chase Edmonds, you know, because like Chase Edmonds isn't he wasn't really he was a sleeper, but no one really projected him to be outscoring Najee Harris at any point. But it, I think it's at this point it's very possible because Najee Harris, it, he could be on a snap count. His usage was like ridiculous last season. And if they want Najee Harris for long-term, they might be buckling up and thinking, okay, let's take it easy here. You know, it's, it is a list Frank that they think that he might have, you know, tweaked, but not to the point where it's season ending. It's a touchy injury. And I know you talked about that before. So it is. They might take it easy this week, maybe even next week until he gets back 100%. So uh, so for those who are listening on the podcast and not watching, it's kind of funny because <clears throat> I just uh, pinned Zach's comment up here on the screen. And like he's like, Najee isn't a top 20 play? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And his avatar is is Russell Westbrook. You know, you, you know that gif where Russell, Russell Westbrook is just like, huh? Like what? Yeah. Like that's that's what his, and so it's like it's really funny. What it works? Not yeah. just in top twenty five. It works really well. So I appreciate you, Zach. You think he Thanks changed for, that especially for that comment for that question? Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have Zeke right after Najee at twenty two. Uh, it, it, it tells you what uh, the confidence I have in Zeke. I have Najee above him, uh, but I have uh, <laughs> Zeke at twenty two. I have Etn at twenty three. Uh, I'm fine playing Etn as a low end RB two this week. I think he has upside. Like. I, and I watched this game, and I watched his touches. And when you watch this dude play, on the touches that he did have, he looked explosive. So I do mm. think they want the ball in his hands. I I don't see them, you know, trying to limit him by any means. Um, he looked good, man, and he had a couple of plays where he could have had touchdowns. So I think he has some upside. I think this is a conservative ranking for Etienne, but I think that he does have some upside this week. Yeah, definitely. Um, I might even venture to go and say that you know Travis Etienne should be above Zeke. I'm surprised. Yeah, <laughs> I um, yeah. I the reason why I had him there is because like I I I'm curious to see if the role increases. Right, that's my only concern with Etienne. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like all right, and if there is a goal line carry, like is it going to go to James Robinson and not Etienne? With Zeke, it's like all right, if they if there are some goal line opportunities there, he should be able to cash in. 
Yeah. Um, and and that's kind of how I look at it. But yeah, no, I can see that in a full PPR league, especially maybe I'll go ETN. Yeah, with Zeke, you know, goal line carries are great and all, but you have to get to the goal line first before it's you true. have goal. I line see carry. that you have. I see yeah. that you have zero confidence. They're the only. The, yeah. You know, I'm just saying because the Cowboys are the only <laughs> team that didn't score a touchdown in week one. I, if you watched the game, Zeke didn't look bad running, which you know, then you laugh because you know when Zeke was doing terrible, you know they had him. They just kept feeding him the ball. And now that he was actually running decently and decently hard, you know, they went completely to the air and completely ignored Zeke. So there's a lot going on in Dallas. I I, I get Zeke being that low. <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds good. So maybe we should move ETN up to 22. I have David Montgomery at 24. I have Jacobs at 25. Should we put ETN over Najee? Mm, <laughs> he just jumped right back <laughs> to ETN being over Najee. Um I wouldn't at this point. I think I okay. think Najee. I think Najee has, even though it might be a mitigated workload, it's still a surefire workload. You know, he's clearly the RB one on the Steelers, and if they okay. cut down, if they trim his snaps a little bit, it's not going to be to the point where you know he's splitting like he like ETN might be with James Robinson. Okay. Okay. Good. Good, 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 good try though. Good try. Good, good. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> we got David Montgomery at twenty four, Josh Jacobs at twenty five, followed by Michael Carter. Uh, Rashad Penny and I might who have to move Rashad Penny a little bit down, you know, if Kenneth Walker plays, maybe this is still appropriate. Uh, but I have Sanders at 28, CEH at 29, and Jeff Wilson at 30. Um, you know, David Montgomery at 24, I think this is kind of where he was ranked preseason two, kind of like a low end RB2. Um, you know, Khalil Herbert kind of making his way into the rotation and then him getting some goal line looks like not great, but David Montgomery still got his touches. Uh, so I think he'll be fine. Uh, I think his floor is there, but I I'm not sure if he has that that ceiling. Yeah. Um, let the record show. I'm just looking at this graphic now. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Not Elijah Mitchell at the bottom. It's supposed to say Jeff Wilson, and that 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 one's on me. And oh, yeah, did I, I Michael, put Elijah Mitchell there? I think, that's so funny. I think Michael Carter at the top. No, that's me. I'm the graphic guy. That's my problem. But um, that's yeah. so funny. So yeah, we're not ranking Elijah. Mitchell. Okay. So hold up, hold up. We was. Where was Michael? Where did I have Michael Carter? Yeah, Michael Carter. Kings, it's, right? it's supposed to say Michael Carter. You know, it's just I got the wrong Jets back that I put in there. So that that's my bad. But um, yeah, we where are not I have ranked. Reese Hall then. No, he, well, he wasn't on the list. Dude, you're confusing the shit out of me right now, my guy. Okay, oh, so you read, you read your, <laughs> no, you read your rankings. I'm just kidding. Right. You, yeah, you read your I, I'm rankings. Just, I'm just correctly. kidding. So you here's 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 ready. Yes, you're right. So I have Michael Carter at 26. So I had. Yeah, I had David Montgomery at 24, Josh Jacobs at 25, Michael Carter at number 26, followed by Rashad Penny, followed by Miles Sanders, followed by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, followed by Jeff Wilson. There you go. Yeah. That's what, it, that's what it's supposed to be. So, Brees Hall, I think I have him at – let me see where I have Brees Hall. I have Brees Hall at uh, 31, so he's right after Jeff Wilson. Um, and I don't have Elijah Mitchell ranked because he is on IR. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that's basically what that looks like. So, so um, – so yeah, did you have any issues with these? Like, 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 just looking at it, like Miles Sanders at twenty eight. I think that's solid. We talked mm-hmm. about Ceh already. Uh, do you think Rashad Penny? You know, if let's say Kenneth Walker does end up playing, like, like, what are you seeing out of Rashad Penny this week? Uh, I don't see his workload changing too much. I, I could see Kenneth Walker kind of sliding in, taking the Travis Homer snaps. You know, Travis Homer was a little bit active in the passing game uh, on uh, what was it Monday night? Yeah, so. I think even coming, you know, if Kenneth Walker starts, I think they might take it a little slow with him, work him in because he's coming off that injury. Uh, Penny, 
you know, they've been handing the ball to him. And Penny didn't look bad. Um, the thing is, both of these guys, they're not, like, awesome running backs right now. You know, so they might both be limited in their own way. Yeah. I, I don't think Rashad Penny has too much to worry about this week with if Kenneth, Kenneth Walker would come back. But as he gets healthier, as Kenneth Walker gets right. healthier, I, it's going to kind of shift, I think, more to a 50-50. Right, right. I can see that. Maybe not right away, right? Maybe not in week two, but I think as the season moves forward. See, my, my issue here is that the Seahawks, like, they looked fine last week, but like, I don't really project them to be a great offense, right, yeah. moving forward. So if you're if you're looking at two early down backs, we're splitting the early down role, right, between Rashad Penny and, and, and Kenneth Walker on a bad offense, like, how much opportunity are they going to get? And you still have Travis Homer there. I, like, I do project Travis Homer as continuing to be the passing down back, you know, even with Kenneth Walker, because Kenneth Walker doesn't profile as, as, a, as a pass-catching running back. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. So that's my only issue with, with, with that situation. Maybe this week it's fine to throw out Rashad Penny in your flex because we know yeah. he has that big playability. He almost, like, there were a couple plays in that game where he almost broke one, Yeah. right? There's some good tackling in that game on, like, on, on Denver's side. Um, that prevented him from breaking one. So, um, you know, for a touchdown. So I can see that mm-hmm. happening this week. Uh, so that's why he's a flex play because he has that upside to do that. Definitely. Um, the yeah. other name that kind of stands out for me, I, I think Josh Jacobs is a little high. I don't, I'm not a big Josh Jacobs fan at all. You know, yeah. the Raiders offense we've seen is now going to flow solely through Devonte Adams. So, <laughs> um, yep. I, I'm not sure how much work Josh Jacobs, how much, what his upside is going to be in the receiving game. Um, his rushing game is all right. You know, I don't think it's going to be anything great though. They didn't yeah. pick up his fifth year option. I don't think they're too excited about involving him heavily in the offense. So I think Jacobs is a little bit high. I, would I you put Penny over. Michael. Okay. What about Michael Carter? Cause I have Michael Carter at 26. So would you put, I have Jacobs at 25 Carter at 26 Penny at 27. So would you put both those guys over Jacobs? I think so. Or just Penny. I think okay. so just because of the situation in New York as, you know, Mr. Joe Flacco dump it off to the running back, you know, all day. I, I think yeah. that's what's going to kind of push me with Michael Carter because he has that receiving upside. And yeah. I don't expect that receiving upside to continue. It's not Michael Carter isn't demanding the targets. He's just going to get them because Joe Flacco right. is quarterback. Now, the reason why I had Jacobs there, and I, and I think I still am going to stick with that, is because uh, Arizona looked really bad against these running backs, like as we mentioned, against Kansas City last week, you know, all these running backs basically looked really good in the run game. So I think Josh Jacobs could potentially do some things there. And then number two, like there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game, Uh, you know, 51 point, 52 point over under. So there's going to be scoring and, you know, Josh Jacobs could potentially, you know, take one. Now, the good thing about Jacobs is that Zemir White wasn't really involved, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like it's an early down back with Jacobs and a passing down back, which last week was Brandon Bolden. Right. Yeah. Uh not not um who 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 was their passing down guy again? I forgot I keep forgetting what his name is. Uh there's another passing down back Abdullah. In, Abdullah, Amir Abdullah. Now yeah. this week Brandon Bolden didn't practice yesterday. So just keep that in mind if you're in a deep ass league and you're thinking about starting Brandon Bolden for whatever reason. And by the way, yeah. Brandon Bolden's role is startable in a 14 team PPR league, by the way. That role is startable. Okay, I'm just saying. Because remember, this is the Patriots offense, what we're used to going into going to Las Vegas, and that pass catching running back has always been fantasy relevant. Okay, not not must start, but fantasy right. relevant in deeper leagues. Um, so if Brandon Bolden's out, Amir Abdullah is on the PPR flex radar in 14 team leagues. Um, 
but yeah, it's those two guys. Zemir White wasn't really involved. Um, so Jacobs, you know, has that kind of early down role locked in right now. Um, so we'll see. I'm not a fan of Jacobs either like that, but mm-hmm. I think he'll be okay as a low end RB two, like high end flex option, I would say. Yeah, I, I think um, that's fair. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. Do you have any other questions, any other concerns about these other guys that I had ranked? Jeff Wilson at 30, is that too low or is that kind of I've, taking into account the risk that he presents? I, th- I think that's fair. I mean, yeah. I think that the majority of the game, this might be a lower scoring game. It's two semi-decent offenses. Uh, uh, yeah, two all right offenses and yeah. good defenses. So I'm not expecting too many fireworks in this one. Um, if it came down to it, you know, Nah, no, I, I think that's fair. I, I was yeah, gonna say, yeah, there is a chance that Jeff Wilson does his thing because, like, Seahawks defense, rush defense last year wasn't great. Um, they looked bad against Javante last week, too. I mean, on Monday night. So, yeah. you know, you could throw him out there and be relatively, like, okay with doing that. It's just that he's a little risky. That's all. He doesn't have a high floor. Yeah. But that'll do it. I think that's going to be our top 30. Uh, you can visit our Patreon. The link is not here in the description. I'll put that in later. Uh, but you can hit the Instagram, go to Patreon, or just Google Patreon, Upper Hand Fantasy, uh, or go to patreon.com, search Upper Hand Fantasy. You'll find it. Full rankings will be there uh, later today. And uh, yeah, you can check that out over there. So also, a quick shout out to Underdog Fantasy. Use code Upper Hand to double your deposit, your first deposit up to $100. And uh, play, on, play on Underdog tonight. It's going to be fun. And I'll be, I'll be putting out some pics as well on my Instagram. So Definitely. for me, for Zach, taking these guys, we'll be back tomorrow at noon Eastern time to go over wide receiver rankings and tight end rankings. So we appreciate you guys. Take it easy. Have a good one. See ya.